podcast on Radio Bypass today will be of particular interest to fans of Rush. On the line with me is bassist and vocalist Francesco Di Cosmo of a band called A Farewell to Kings. How are you, Francesco? I'm doing great, Ralph. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, too. No complaints over here. <laughs> right on, man. Good to, good to, good to uh, be on the show. Yeah, good to talk with you and to share the word about A Farewell to Kings. So you are involved in kind of a cool project that started before we unfortunately lost Neil Peart, uh, Neil Peart at the beginning of this year. Um, but now you guys have decided to uh, kind of release this song again and, and kind of push a farewell to Kings and a, and a really pretty cool tribute to Rush and Neil. So tell, tell us about A Farewell to Kings. Well, um, the project came about basically out of a, um, a NAM project. Um, I was called the night before a, a Rush show uh, that Brian Titchy was putting together called, um, I think the project was called Hurry. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, in reference to Rush. Right. And it was uh, one of the, the shows that he put together for, uh, for NAM. Uh, you know, he put together the, the Bonzo Bash and uh, the tribute to to Randy Rhodes. Randy Rhodes remembered, and right. um, also for the Ronnie Mon Montrose tribute as well. Yeah. And so anyway, um, I was called the night before <laughs> because James Lomenzo was not able to make the, the gig, and he was a bass player, and, um, and he was under contract, I think, with uh, uh, who's the lead singer of CCR. John Fogarty. Uh, yeah, John Fogarty. Yeah, yeah, he was. He's he's in John Fogarty's band, and uh, he was under contract not to leave. I guess uh, he was on, on retainer, and um, so they called me the night before. The night before, <laughs> wow. to do a rush show, and uh, you know I grew up on this kind of, this kind of music. You know, uh, Rush really was my first rock influence. So I kind of learned how to play bass from Rush and and Chris Squire. Of yes, right. you know, um, uh, John, uh, John Paul Jones of, of Led Zeppelin, uh, Paul McCartney. So they're, they're in, in John Whistle of the Who. Sure. So they were like my first influences and really, really teachers uh, on the bass because I really had no, I had no instruction. I just taught myself by listening and, and watching these guys. So. Uh, anyway, so, uh, Rush was a, a, an early part of my musical education. So I just went home and I just went over a bunch of tunes that I, you know, played for years and the next day went in and did the show, um, with just a, a sound check rehearsal of a few songs. Wow. No, no, pr <laughs> yeah, no and, pressure uh, there at all. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was really pretty amazing that we pulled it off and Brian was very, um, very impressed. And, um, so we, we worked together on this project of Farewell to Kings and it was essentially, a, we call it a, a rush celebration band. You know, it's not really, a it's not really a tribute band where we kind of, you know, we dress up like, <laughs> you know, right, right. like, like the, the musicians in the band and stuff like that and kind of do that whole, you know, I kind of, think that's kind of hokey and schmaltzy you know to me it's it's 
what the music, you know, it's really about the music, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, so that, that's, this project basically came out of that. And, um, there was a, uh, I think Brent Woods was the first guitar player in the hurry project, but he left to do, uh, Sebastian Bach and was busy doing other stuff. So, we were looking for another guitar player, and Walter Eno became available. He uh, he was recommended, and and fell right into it. And you know, without a hitch, he was you know, always uh, was influenced by Rush as well. So right. we we definitely had a strong connection there, and we knew each other beforehand, but we didn't know that we both of us were into Rush. So it was kind of it was kind of cool. It was kind of a cool revelation. And then we found, I, I ran into Jonathan Sindelman, the guitar, the uh, keyboard player, excuse me, at the Big Potato in North Hollywood one night. Mm-hmm. And we just became friends. He just seemed like a really cool guy. And he said that he played with, with Keith Emerson. He was in the Keith Emerson band, man. <laughs> That's <laughs> so I'm cool. thinking, man, this guy must be really good if he's playing with Keith Emerson, you know? Right. So, so that's how I was born. And um, we did, we, the majority of our shows we did in, in Vegas. At uh, at Vamp, that really cool rock club in, in Vegas, right? And um, we just we just all hit it off, and and then uh, Brian Titchy just one day just like, hey man, I think we're going to a gig, and he goes, what if we what if we do an original tune? What is the right original song, which is kind of a continuation of Tom Sawyer? I was like, wow, that's a great idea, you know? Right. So we got together. Um, got together one one afternoon and we we just started playing and all these parts all these parts just just came together of this tune and it was really it was such a such an amazing thing that like such a cool piece of music could come together so spontaneously you know um i i think walter had the intro riff and then the rest of the stuff just came spontaneously you know, uh, as we were playing. Sure. And, uh, so the next week we recorded, we, we arranged the parts and then we recorded the parts. We recorded the song. Uh, and then I, uh, the next session, I, I wrote lyrics for the, for the tune and, uh, went in, went up and sang it at, at Brian's studio. And I think in, a, in about two sessions we were done. Wow. That's good. So yeah, we mixed it ourselves and, and uh, we, we didn't master it, but I, I have a mastered uh, version that we did uh, online. Uh, I could send that to you. But I don't. I don't know if you have the new master, but anyway, I, I do, I do um, have a have, version of it. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so it came out. You know, we were really excited about it. Mm-hmm. It came out great, and um, we're looking forward to writing some some new music. And the reason why we released it, obviously, was just in, in tribute of Neil Peart and how great, how, how much of an incredible luminary and inspiration he was to so many people and how he changed. If you ask me, Neil Peart changed rock drumming and he changed a lot of, I think, the way that people perceived rock music, really. Because yes. it became... It became something more than just a, you know, like a three chord, um, anthem kind of thing where, where, you know, it became a journey 
into the human condition. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? I do. It, it became more of a more of an introspective and intellectual thing. And honestly, man, I I, I don't think I've ever been more inspired by uh, the music of a of a band in Rush. I, I don't know. It's something really magical about that band. Well, yeah. So I mean, anyway, here we are, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, Neil was, you know, obviously a fantastic drummer. And, and, and like Brian, uh, Bonham is always my number one, but Neil is certainly in my top five. And he was great. Oh, but, man, for sure. But, but his lyrics also. I mean, I, oh, learned, I learned things from listening <laughs> to his lyrics, you know? Yeah, um, sure. So, so the music, of course, yeah, that took you somewhere. But the lyrical content of Rush songs also took me somewhere. Oh um, yeah. And, and it's, it, it's quite, it's quite apparent too. When you read the lyrics, you, the, the music is very reflective of the, of, of the subject matter. Mm-hmm. So without, without those lyrics, the music would never have been that. Do you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, no, I, it's I totally like do. The, yeah. It's almost like the lyric, the, the, the concepts of the lyrics really shaped the, the, re- the reflection of the music, you know, what the music became. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, and I'm just pointing that out because we talk, you know, in general, us rock fans, we talk a lot about his drumming, but not as much about his lyrics. And to me, that was just just as amazing about the man as his playing. Oh, was. absolutely. Absolutely, man. I mean, he, he was almost, he was almost like a, you know how monks they just like isolate themselves and 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 they're in an, an introspective state, right. <laughs> you know, meditating. All he always reminded me of kind of like a musical monk. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know what I mean? Because like he was he was so dedicated to art and intellectualism and and literature. It's like it it, it seemed like that was the most important part of his life, really. Right. You know I, what I mean? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, it, I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever witnessed anyone else that was more was more dedicated to that than him. Right. No, I agree with you. And, 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 and he took Rush to stratos- stratospheric levels yeah. of, of musicianship. I mean, he, he, he was really, because I love John Rutsey and I love the first record. It's super cool. And it's got this this really amazing, you know, like raw energy. Yes. But like, there's something about when he came in the band. It's just like they went into this this mystical realm. <laughs> yeah, they did. You know what I mean? It's like they, they, they just they just broke through this this thing. I don't know what to call it. You know, but they they just broke this barrier and they they just went just to cosmic levels of well, craziness. I, it seemed, <laughs> it, yeah, it seemed like, and this is nothing against Getty and Alex by any means, but it seems no, like... No, no, not at all. But it seems like they really came into their own, their really their sure. true own sound when Neil yep. joined because that first yep. Rush record, while I love it, especially the song What You're Doing, is oh, probably awesome. one of my favorites, and of course we all love Working Man, but that was more of a straight-ahead rock and roll record, a Led Zeppelin-type record. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and then Which once, is super cool. It is super yeah. cool. But then once Neil came in, they sounded like no one else then at that point. You yeah, know what man. I mean? Yeah, something happened. It was just that it was a, like this magical triumvirate. You know, it was just this, this, this 
I don't know. It was like, uh, I don't know how to say it. It's just, it's so, it's, it's kind of <laughs> it's hard to describe in words really that they were maybe meant to be together. They're meant to, to, to make such meaningful music. Uh, right. I don't know, man. <laughs> it changed the, the, the music changed my life, man. The 2112 is the first record I ever heard. Right. Like rock record, you know, hard rock. Yep. And I was completely trans like, like a lightning bolt hit me. Cause I was reading the lyrics at the same time. My buddy invited me over and I hadn't started playing yet. I was, I was singing since I was a kid, you know, uh-huh. but I, I hadn't started play. I, I hadn't started, started playing bass yet or, or other instruments, uh, for that matter. But, um, so I went over to his house. He goes, hey, we got to check out this band, this, this band rush. I'd never heard of them. You know, you have to, you have to hear this, this record 2112. So we started listening to it and I, I was reading the lyrics and I was completely mind blown, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I know. I, so, and the same for me. I, I, I had already been listening to other hard rock, heavy metal type records before yeah. 2112, but 2112 was indeed my introduction to Rush also. And yeah. it really hit me like, wow, this is different. And I did the same thing, not at first, but after a few hear- listenings, I'm like, man, I'm just going to mm-hmm. sit down one day and listen to it from start to finish and, and yeah. read the lyrics. And, and, you know, and I had the same reaction so you did. <laughs> So great, man. And, and, uh, that, you know, the, the introduction to rush, like led me to all the other great hard rock bands at the time as well. Um, and it also started me listening to, you know, fusion music and, uh, experimental, experimental music, 20th century, classical music, uh, jazz, you know, all kinds of stuff, man, because of the progressive nature of their music. You know, right. So opened my mind up to a lot of different things uh, that I wouldn't normally have gravitated to. You know, sure. And was your first so, bass? Was your first bass a, a Rickenbacker? <laughs> my first real bass was a Rickenbacker. Yeah, I had a, a Rickenbacker four thousand one. But my my first bass was was uh, a Sears bass. <laughs> kind of a lot of people started uh, out of the with Sears, Sears catalog, dude. And yep. then, uh, and, and then my second bass was an Epiphone and that was more of a real bass, you know? Right. Uh, so I, I quickly grew out of, you know, those and I, I graduated to a, a Rickenbacker 4001, which I had for many, many years. That's and, cool. Uh, yeah. yeah cause I, remember, I learned a lot of great stuff on that, on that instrument. I remember a lot of, a lot of my friends after after Rush came along, everybody had to go get the Rickenbacker. Everybody had like a P bass. <laughs> they had a P bass or a jazz bass, and nope, now I got to have the Rickenbacker. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you have to have one if you're a bass player, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. It's 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 really cool because I know you know obviously you're very passionate about Rush, and I know. Brian, how he gets, I know he, I'm sorry, I know he's super passionate and I'm sure Walter and Jonathan are the same. So I think it's really cool. And I like that you guys are positioning this as a celebration of Rush. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Really cool. So, um, I, with this interview, I'm going to add your Huck Finn song cause I just got my hands on it this week. So I'm going to play that, awesome. play that for the first <laughs> time along with this interview. But, um, what's, what's happening now? Cause now, now is there a plan to, um, release an album or an EP of more Rush type material. Well, I I was in Mississippi for about 
six, seven months until about a month and a half ago. So um, I was kind of uh, doing other things. I, I was working down there doing some other gigs with mm-hmm. some uh, with some other bands. Uh, a great singer named Diane Diaz and uh, some bands down in New Orleans. But uh, uh, I just got back and we've been talking about uh, writing some more songs. So that's that's where we're at at this point. Gotcha. Um, as you know, as you know, Brian's doing, uh, his silver, what's it called? Silver rain, S- silver thorn, <laughs> silver, and I, silver and thorn. I, and I'm still waiting for a full album from that lineup too. Right. Right. So I know he's busy with that and he's doing some sessions out of his, out of his home studio. Uh, and, uh, Walter's just had a kid, right? He just had uh, he just had a kid, so he's he's uh, busy being a dad. <laughs> yep, I, I've, and, seen, I've uh, seen the pictures on Facebook. <laughs> That's funny, Big Daddy. That's right. Uh, Big Daddy's uh, getting his uh, cutting his teeth with the with the baby. So and uh, and Jonathan, uh, I just talked to him a couple weeks ago. He's just doing sessions out of his house, you know, and uh, taking care of his parents right now uh, with this whole. BS going on. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So hopefully we'll be getting together in the next uh, week or two to write some more material. So, gotcha. yeah, this whole COVID thing is really kind of, uh, kind of put a wrench in the works, but, uh, yeah, for sure. How, how's it going in California? Out of it. How's it going in California um, with that right now? Are you guys going back up? Or are you stable? What's happening with um, your COVID cases? You know, I, I don't know what to believe actually, you know, right. uh, with the mainstream media, because I'm not a real big fan of the mainstream media. I agree. Because they've been known to, uh, to lie here and there about some really heavy things. Right. So I don't, you know, I don't believe, honestly, man, I don't believe the, the establishment media. I don't, I'm, I'm not a fan. So I don't know really what, what the issues are in terms of what the numbers really are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So how can we make, um, logical decisions or, um, uh, you know, how do you make a determination on what's really happening when you don't really have accurate information? So, yeah, no, I get um, what I, what I observe is that people are very scared and they're acting like mental patients. <laughs> yeah. They're, you know, you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're not, I, I've never seen people act more weird in my life than, than now. Well, it, it, um, it is, it is a weird time. I mean, you know, I, yeah. don't, I don't even know my own self. I can't like put it, my finger on anything, like what I'm comfortable with and, and what I'm not, you know, uh, here, yeah. here in Chicago, we're entering that phase four, uh, thing tomorrow. Um, so, Oh, you are. So oh, it, that's good. Yeah. So starting tomorrow, that's it, good. restaurants can have indoor dining again, but like at 25% capacity or whatever. And, you know, but, right. but I think to myself, man, that, you know, I don't know if I even am ready for that. I don't know if I really want to go hang out, uh, and eat off of, dishes that I'm not familiar with or whatever, you know, it's like, yeah. And then on the other yeah. side of me says, Oh, it's probably all fine. You know? And the same thing with, with, you know, this business, the music business, I'm dying to see live music again. It's killing me. All, all these concerts that yeah. I would have normally seen by now, but I don't know I if just, I'm ready to go stand, yeah. you know, shoulder to shoulder with a bunch of people right now either. You know, I can't, I don't know. 
brother, I, I think that there's so much hysteria going on. Well, with, it's just, uh, go ahead, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, it's like you said, because we don't know what the real facts are. We don't know what the real truth is. So, it, yeah. It's hard to make decisions when you don't really know what the real truth is. Well, it seems uh, to me that there's a, a lot of older people that have succumbed to this this, this virus, you know. Right. But and, and it's not really so much young people. And that has been kind of the fact of the matter throughout history, um, you know, in, in, in our late, our earlier experiences with with different viruses and flus as well, you know, a lot of older people die from these things. Right. And, uh, you know, so it's kind of, it kind of looks like the same type of numbers, you know, in, in, ter in terms of demographics, but you know, who knows, man, I, I, I don't know everything about it, you know, yeah. but I just know that people are acting crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know? I, I get you. I get you. What, and at, at what point, you know, do we sacrifice our entire existence for uh, for safety? You know. Yeah. Uh, I I think that um, um, it, there's a certain point where we have to live our lives and, and, you know, human beings also, uh, get their strength from their immune system from being exposed to, to viruses and bacteria. Yep, you know, that's what I was taught when I was a kid. That's what my yeah. mom always said. Right. You know, when, yeah. and, you know, when you're a kid, you go out and play in the dirt and, you know, play with kids and, and, you know, your, your immune system makes antibodies right. to these viruses and bacteria and infections. You know, and so that's the way that we become strong, right. strong human beings, you know, and resilient. So that, that seems to make more sense to me than all this, you know, oh, my God, shelter in place and don't, you know, don't ever go outside. Right. Well, kind let me, of, let, me vibe, let me ask anyway. you this. This has been talked about a lot the last few days um, with with musicians and touring musicians. So there's been a lot of talk the last few days about Sammy Hagar saying, hey, he's, uh -huh. re he's ready to go out there. He wants to play. He's ready to go. Then the yep. other side of the equation is John Fogarty, ironically, who's around the <laughs> same age as, as Sammy, right. saying, hey, right. I, there's no way I want to go play a live show till there's a vaccine for this thing. So you got two sides. Sammy Hagar, a, a guy in his 70s, saying he's ready to hit the road regardless of what's going on. John Fogarty, mm -hmm. who's in his 70s, saying, no way in hell am I going till there's a vaccine. What about you? If you could go out on tour right now and play venues, would you be willing to do so? Yes. You would? Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I'm healthy. I know, I mean, I take, um, I, I know what to take to strengthen my immune system. Um, I, I exercise every day. I'm just, I, I'm really health conscious. Um, if, if I were sick, I wouldn't do that. You know, right. obviously, um, and responsibly, I wouldn't do that. But um, I think that if people take precautions and they're healthy and um, and I think it can be done. Gotcha. You know, without a vaccine. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so, gotcha. uh, you know, I, I think that there's a certain point that, I mean, should we let the entire music community and business collapse into oblivion? Um, you know, when music brings so much joy to people and yeah. so much joy and insight and, and camaraderie and unity. Yes. Um, I, 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 re- I don't know, brother. I, I really don't see the wisdom in being so, so scared, mm-hmm. you know, and because our, our bodies, like we mentioned before, can, you know, herd immunity, you know, there's been talk about that. I think that uh, there's a certain segment of the population. I just read an article today, actually, about um, there was a a researcher in in the UK that's saying that uh, people uh, 40 and under, right, should be, are are really um, resilient in resistance to this, this virus. Right. Right. So he's saying that, that people 40 and under should be able to go out and work and live their lives so that they all can become, uh, part of herd immunity Mm -hmm. and then, you know, protect the older people, right. You know, with certain precautions, but I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of resonated with that article. You know, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I don't have all the answers as, as everybody else doesn't. <laughs> exactly. None of us do for sure. But, uh, you know, I'm just observing the world and, um, trying to, you know, w- with my experience and, uh, as we all, you know, make decisions with our experience and our intellect, um, Trying to make sense of it, you know. Sure. Yeah. And 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 try not to be hysterically scared of every everything that that the media tells us to be scared about. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know if that makes sense, but no, I, I, it, it does. I mean, me. it does. <laughs> I, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. none of us know. So I think the only answer is you sit back and you crank up some rush. And now, yeah, man. Hemisphere. <laughs> 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 there you go. That's my favorite record, Hemispheres. Hemispheres is your favorite. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's yeah, that's my favorite one. I'm not sure. And moving pictures too, well, and permanent ways. Everybody loves <laughs> loves moving pictures, of course. But yeah, I don't know, man. That boy, I always have a hard time picking one. But I, I guess I, I know. I, I don't know. I guess twenty one twelve, just because that's what introduced me to the band. I guess if I had to pick one, that would probably be the one. If I was on a deserted island or something it could only have one rush record for me it would probably be that one isn't that amazing yeah well just because i'm sentimental like that that was my introduction to the band hey that's what i want to keep hearing (laughs) just like it's such an amazing record just like aerosmith man i love them all but the rocks record which was not my introduction in that case but um, I, I knew Toys, I knew in, the Toys in the Attic my was my introduction, yeah. but, but rocks because it had nobody's fault. That song is just so killer that that yeah. that's always my sure. number one Aerosmith record. Back in the Saddle is one of my favorite songs, man. Oh, awesome! Last Child. I mean, come <laughs> that's on, a great tune, man. <laughs> there's there's something about that about the '70s era of rock, man. It was just magical, yeah. you know. The yeah. production techniques, the, the sounds of the instruments, 
the, 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 the playing was so, it's just a, a beautifully aggressive. Yes. And just like, I don't know, just like with so much conviction and, and, oh man, I just did the music at that time. It's just incredible. Yeah. You know, no doubt. Deep Purple, ACDC, uh, Led Zeppelin. I mean, just like every, oh, it's just unbelievable. And then, yeah. the, you know, the prog rock bands, Genesis and Yes, were amazing. Rush, uh, The Who, incredible. And, just luminaries. Just, and, uh, and another Canadian three-piece that gets forgotten oh, about a lot of times, Triumph. Triumph. God oh, love I Triumph. love Triumph so much. Yeah. I love that band. Yeah, me too. Rick Emmett's a genius. Just, just fantastic. Fantastic he, music. They're one of my favorite bands. He is. If, if you didn't They're the first it, band I ever saw in concert, by the way. Triumph was first band I ever saw. Wh- which, first band I ever saw. Which tour in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania? Uh, Rock and Roll Machine. Oh, awesome, awesome. Yeah, so that yep. was like first seven, band I ever saw. Seventy six ish then, right? Somewhere yep. around seventy six. I was just a kid, man. I was yeah. just a kid, bro. And and uh, you know there was a, a theater in downtown Wilkesbury called the Paramount Theater, and they they renovated it and it, and just became a, a popular concert venue. And yeah, that was the first concert I ever saw. They were two hours late because they got they got delayed by customs. They went through all their gear for drugs or something like that. Sure. And uh, everybody waited, man. <laughs> everybody waited, and it was just such a great show. That's awesome. It was amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. Well, if you're a Rick Emmett fan, you should check out his website right now. He's doing these. Um, I will. He's doing these acoustic songs that he's releasing, kind of as a series. And um, he's, mm-hmm. he's got some pretty good stuff on there. It's not the hard rock that we grew up loving from Triumph, but it's still very yeah. well done music. Oh, he's incredible. Yeah, he is. He he's is. an incredible guitar player. Yeah. One of my favorites. One of my favorite singers of all time Yeah, as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. Killer. And, yeah. and an all-around nice guy. So he, Probably so. He's got the whole package. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Have you have you interviewed him? Have you met him? I have not ever gotten to interview him, but uh, back yeah. long time ago in my radio station days, um, I did get to I did get to meet him briefly at one of their shows um, and chat for a few minutes. And I could just tell you, know, there's, I've always had like a good sense of people. Like you can just I can just for some reason pick up that guy's not such a great guy. This guy's a really good guy. Yeah, and, and he definitely gave me that mm-hmm. he's a good man that vibe. type of vibe. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah, but right yeah, on, I'd love to interview him. I'd love to get him on here, especially with these little acoustic troubadour things he's doing right now to just kind of keep going because he's, you know, he kind of retired from touring, so to speak, a few years ago. But um, Oh, he did. But yeah. yeah. But, but he's still cranking out music um, just releasing it on his own on his website. You can download it there. That's great, man. I'm going to check that out. I love him. He's yeah. so great. It's It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. All right, well, we could probably go on for hours about yeah, the bands we love, so, <laughs> so we won't do right that. On, we'll man. get our focus back on a farewell to Kings. So a farewell to Kings, we're talking to Francesco, the bassist and lead singer, so you're the Getty Lee in the band. Um, yeah. And, and then uh, Brian Tishy's in the band, Walter Eno and Jonathan Sindelman uh, yes, make sir. up a farewell to Kings, and right at the end of this interview, stay tuned, don't turn it off, because I'm going to play their song huck finn which truly is uh, i've listened to the song a couple of times now um truly is a great celebration of everybody's favorite band rush it's an excellent well done song so you're going to hear that in a 
couple of minutes. And Francesco, thanks for stopping by and filling us in on a farewell to Kings and for paying tribute to the almighty rush. Oh, thank you so much, Ralph. And, um, we, uh, we just love the band so much and, um, we just want to keep the spirit and the, uh, the, uh, the fire of this kind of music alive and well. And, um, if you go to the, the YouTube page of uh, Farewell to Kings, uh, you can read the lyrics and watch the video as well of, of the song Huck Finn. Excellent. So you, so you do have a, vi- a YouTube page under a Farewell to Kings? Yes. Yes, we do. Did, yeah. you, did you guys create and, any social media yet? Sites? or? Is... Um, th- there's a, I believe there's a, uh, a Facebook page. So yeah. just search for Farewell to Kings. Yeah, it's uh, Brian. Brian put it up. Perfect. So check that out. And, and the, the song is about uh, emancipation from slavery, basically, of all humanity. Basically, that's what the song is about. Very so. timely, isn't it, right now? Yes, it is. <laughs> it, it's it's amazing. It's amazing that it's, it's so pertinent, actually. Yeah, that's pretty so, cool. But yeah, like I said, yeah. great, great tune. And yeah, I'll check the video out, too. I haven't done that. I've only listened to the audio, but I'll check that out right, as well. Right on, Ralph. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. You bet. All right, people, check out A Farewell to Kings. And coming your way right now is Huck Finn from A Farewell to Kings. My thanks to Francesco for stopping by. Thanks, Ralph. Talk soon, man.